Welcome to the uh, second part of our series, The Overcoming Spirit, capital S in spirit, Christ in you, the hope of glory. We're trying to help you realize that you have the power of God within you. The victory that Christ won on the cross is in you. It's in you, man. And if you knew it, you could have taken one of those golds for the Matildas last night. Aussie, 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 amen? Yeah. Wow. Man, what pressure, eh? <laughs> Taking one of those penalties. But we're living in great days, and um, we're living in difficult days. And I just to reiterate uh, something that I said before, and to clarify again, that uh, we are living in a different day. And I, and I thought that we were going to pray this morning, and I'm glad we did. I didn't know we were going to pray for John and Sharon, but I knew we were going to pray for Maui, the island, just seeing those young fathers talking about running for their life with their kids. And, uh, oh, that really grieved me, and uh, the whole island just about wiped out. So the Bible says the church is a house of prayer. Amen. Who can say amen to that? But we are living in a different day and time, and uh, we are living in uncharted territory. I really do believe that. I do believe it's a new season for the church, and in this season, we need a new strategy to fulfill the purposes and plans of God that He has for us. And this is what I want to say very clearly. We need an overcoming spirit. And I say that in terms, and the Bible talks about that we're more than conquerors, that we can overcome sickness in particular. We can overcome death. There's no sting in death. If we were ha happen to bow out, we can know this confidently, that we are bound for heaven. Amen? And so, understand this, that I, I do think, and I do have a heart for people that are sick, uh, repeatedly getting sick, it's definitely different days of getting the flu. Julie got knocked around this week uh, with her flu uh, of um, four or five days there. And it, it, the strain of these viruses are, 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 are more conniving, they're more, um, I don't know, there, there is something happening in terms of the illnesses that are running rampant uh, across the face of the earth. And can I just tell you this? We need to be more than overcomers. Yeah. Uh, and you need to be able to run at that giant like David did. You know, and if that sickness is coming against you or one of your family members, you need to be like young David who knew his God. He knew what covenant he was in, actually. He knew. There's a, there's a scripture in Deuteronomy that talks about, um, I, I guess, him knowing you know, you're going to let this guy cuss you out? The Bible says, no, we're people of God's covenant. And he knew what the king had said, King Saul. We know what King Jesus says. And he ran at that giant. You come against me with spear, javelin, sword, but I come against you in the name of Jesus. Sickness, you're coming down. And I just love the way Cam went for that. And that's the sort of prayer that, that created this church, basically, a declarative, prophetic prayer. It wasn't insipid, wasn't, you know, um, just, just dialed down. It was very much on the front foot with authority. I want to talk about that this morning. I want to talk about your foundation of being an overcomer. And it's based in 
understanding the authority and the power therein in Christ Jesus. Amen? Who wants to know about that? Amen? So unless you have that grit, unless you're going to step up to that penalty and want to score a goal, please step aside. But you've got to be focused and you've got to be unsaleable. That means that, that whatever the enemy's taunting you with, you've got to be able to come against that and, and run towards that goal and score, you know, for Jesus and, and, and pray deliberately. Pray deliberately about your, your loved ones and about your sickness. And, 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 but you're not going to do that unless you understand the authority that you have. So I want to talk about that. Now, they've put that statement up there already, which is powerful. You can put it back up there if you like. So it's a new season. And we need to be an overcomer, meaning an in Christ attitude. To live this new season, we need the Holy Spirit to teach us how to live our life founded upon the fear of the Lord. I want to touch on that uh, just, just quickly this morning, just to reiterate what I said last time, because it's been about three weeks since I just sort of broached this whole subject. Abiding in intimate place of knowing God. This is what we need to do. We need to begin to cultivate an in, a daily intimacy with the Lord daily. Who's hearing me this morning? And then we need to walk out with a victorious perspective, just like those athletes. And the Bible in Timothy likens us to athletes. It likens us to farmers who sow. Can I just say, thank you, church. The treasurer, which is Kay and the board, are telling me the giving has already started. Uh, the commitment to vision builders has started. And people are giving sacrificially, willingly, generously, in terms of their tithes and offerings and their vision builders, I salute you and bless you. Give yourselves a hand clap. It's awesome. By the way, our vision builders is represented by way more people than previous years. We've got a lot more people giving to vision builders, and that is for the purpose of the sustainability of the church, amen, which is being threatened on many levels in this modern day and age, amen. We're being threatened on many, many levels, but you people are holding the line and deliberately praying, giving, and serving the house. Give yourselves another hand clap. Love you people. So we need a victorious perspective. You need to be waking up in the morning and be able to get through those storms, those trials, those tribulations of life. Otherwise, you're just going to be battered against the rocks. I mean... I mean, I've been out in the ocean, 7Ks off cans without a mask. Uh, the mask, 36-foot catamaran, uh, eight he-men uh, construction workers, you know, loving life, brave seafarers. And when that mask went down, crack, and they went, oh my God, the mask is broke, dear Lord. And we were just floating around in the, in the, in the tide, you know, in the waves. And it's very disconcerting, let me tell you. But um, finally, we found that we did have a little bit of a, a putt-putt engine that we, you know, and some people just got that only, just got that little putt-putt-putt. And it took us about, it took us three hours to get seven Ks out, three or four hours, and it took us eight or nine hours through that putt-putt motor to get back to the shore with a broken main mask of this catamaran in 1983. Great tales of, of seafaring for a young fella, but... 
we need the full mask. So the Holy, you need to put up, and how do you put that mask up in your Christian life? Is by the study of the Word. You need to study that Word and understand how to use it in prayer with the authority that God's given you, the authority and the power, because without the Word of God, you've got only so much you know, vocabulary. You need because David knew, he knew, he quoted the scripture running into that giant. He quoted, he said, no, this guy should not be cussing out God's people. We're God's covenant people. We deserve to be dignified. Who's this guy? Eight foot, nine foot tall. I don't care. He's coming down in Jesus' name. That sickness is coming down in Jesus' name. That, that, that problem is coming down in Jesus' name. So we need to understand, and that's what this will be about, understanding the power and the authority of who we are in God. We need, and I'll say it again, we need to learn how to study the Word of God. So what does what the version tell me this morning? version, the app that 500 million people are using, uh, this morning's devotion is... Uh, as a father has compassion on his children. This is the scripture that you and I get every morning. It's one scripture, and then it opens up into someone speaking on it for three minutes only, and then it takes you into a, a devotion. This is a version app. Everyone should have it. It's the most wondrous technological breakthrough for the church world, I believe. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. He knows what you're going through. He knows what those young families are going through and all the generations on Maui Island who suffered the horrendous, horrific catastrophe of the whole island virtually going up in flames and that young father saying, I ran with my five kids into the ocean and then the ocean tried to suck my children out. Oh, and I just really got burdened. I said, no, we need to pray about that. Who wants to pray about who loves a church when you can pray about such matters, amen? So we need to be prepared to pray powerful, fervent, and effective prayers and how to stand and persevere both with enduring faith and walking in faith. So I love that one, Samuel 7.45. Then David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. I love that. He's harking back to the covenant relationship Israel had. He knew his Bible. He had a personal relationship with, you know, with hanging out with God in the field. You loving this? So let me begin my message. PowerPoint. Jesus paid the ultimate price. I love this quote. Denise Renner, wonderful woman of God. Her and her husband went to Russia 40 years ago, started a church behind the Iron Curtain at that time, and they are such marvelous ministry. Rick Renner, you've probably heard of him. Denise Renner, wonderful Bible teachers, and he is speaking words about the current day that we're living in, I highly recommend his ministry. His wife says, Jesus paid the ultimate price to set us free from all the limitations we put on ourselves. Jesus didn't do what he did so we would stay bound with fear, powerlessness to go out and obey what God has placed in our hearts. When our Lord died on the cross, 
He set us free to live, to live a more abundant life. I've got to tease out actually what that abundant life really means. So the Bible says, you know it, John 10.10, it should be one of your go-to scriptures when you're explaining to maybe an unsaved person uh, that why we believe in Jesus and, you know, that, that, and that there is a devil out there. The thief does not come except to steal. The devil does not come to... Uh, does not come except to steal and kill and to destroy. I have come, that they, this is Jesus saying, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. What is that abundant life? I would love to explain it. So in this overcoming series, we're talking about our spiritual foundation. We're talking about this season that we're in as a church, and I believe we've turned a corner, we're in a new season where God is speaking to us to prepare us for even more conflict and more drama in the world. I hate to tell you that, but that's the honest truth. I've got to be real with you. I can't pretend that we're going back to business. We're not going back to business. This is a new season, and the new season, prophetically, I believe, is represented by understanding the spirit of the fear of the Lord, I'm, and I, as opposed to the spirit of fear that the world has tried to put on you, the spirit of fear that has tried to be induced into you over this last three, four years, especially through health concerns, um, is something that people are still living in and and have anxieties and fears about, and even now they're still not come out properly into the wide world. And so we need to understand this, that we need to have a spirit that is represented by the fear of the Lord, which, again, if you're new to this uh, language, I need to explain to you that it's not a cringing, it's not a shaking it's a high reverence for God. It's like when you come to church, you know you're in church. That's why the, the mainline church, they have stained glass windows, uh, windows and, and they have uh, ornamental features to tell you, you are in the house of God. But because we have, and I was christened in one of those churches, it's fantastic, I love those churches, but we are in a, in a building that's more multi-purpose and we're depending on you not to think that this is a giant big barn, a, a factory, as some people out there who don't know say, oh, that's what you are, when I try and explain to them, we're on the corner, 127 Gavin Log Road, we're up on stilts. Oh, you're a church. I, I didn't realize that. What did you think we were? Well, I guess the signage is not great. But when you come in, we're hoping that you, spiritually, prophetically, pick up that you're in the house of God and that the presence of God is here. When two or more are gathered, there's, He's here. And when you just bust into pray, and so we do the preempting with the prayer. You did, did that so brilliantly, Jules. And then when the worship starts, you're leaning in, man. You're praying. Your hands are going up. You're engaged. You're animated because the spirit within you wants to worship. It wants to rock. Your spirit really, and it's... it's probably your personality and it's probably all your, your dispositions that maybe stop you really and that's why when people get drunk they really dance that man 
that goldie of the France, French uh, team last night, she was out of her skin, wasn't she? She got taken off the, the, the pitch, but uh, she was absolutely animated. Come on, wake up. She was grabbing a She was so animated. But um, we, we've got to be slightly animated to believe that what we have is true, to tell our body it's true. And so we talked about this, uh, Isaiah 11, verse 1 and 2, and I just want to just get this through to you somehow, the best way I can. I know my time is limited, but I was talking about the uh, anointing of Christ, and I was talking about that it represents the seven spirits uh, of the Holy Spirit, represented by the anointing. This scripture is probably up now. And it's talking about the seven spirits that rested on Christ. And that's how he was able to do all that he did. And it's the same spirit that we need. So God is three in one, but the Holy Spirit is seven. Seven in one in terms of what it can do and what it, how it can upgrade your life. And I believe we need to understand this stuff in this day and age in how to pray with, with authority, but how to pray with discernment and wisdom. And so it would go like this. There shall forth, uh, let's read from Isaiah 11 verse 1. There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, that's uh, King David's father, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest on him. The spirit of wisdom, who needs wisdom? And understanding, who needs understanding? The spirit of counsel, who needs counsel? And might, might, who needs that? The spirit of knowledge, who needs a word of knowledge? Who needs knowledge of God? And of the fear of the Lord. And this is something we don't often quote. Verse 3, his delight, his delight was in the fear of the Lord. His delight was in the fear of the Lord. I believe that I had somehow through my upbringing the fear of the Lord induced into me through my upbringing because my folks were anyway they were God fearers let's say that they didn't go to church but they feared God and so I knew how they were living their life that ultimately they feared what the Lord would say about everything that they said and did so the fear of the Lord is something I believe is the foundational element of your Christian life that you must understand. That's, that's what I need to say straight up. The fear, of the, God, the fear of the Lord must be understood of what it means and what it, its intention is for your life. And I believe it can come by the anointing, by the Spirit of the Lord. As was on Christ, it can come upon you. And so the spirit of the fear of the Lord is both a manifestation of the Spirit of God. And I'm telling you, when He gets into your heart like that, it's a game changer. It's, it's a way of life, it's a lifestyle, and that fear of the Lord regulates you from goofing off too much. Amen. Remember 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. 
and I just happened to flick open Pastor Martin Webb's book. On this particular page, it was quite amazing. And he says in the book, The Days of Awe, let me remind to give that to um, you. You know who you are at the end. It is this, and he says this, it is the spiritual understanding of the fear of the Lord that shapes our attitudes towards our offerings and service for the Lord. And he also says, and I quote him, the fear of the Lord also affects both the momentum of our discipleship journey and the transformation of our soul. Wasn't that powerful? Isn't Martin so profound? So let's continue into building into this overcoming spirit. And, um, and in my devotion yesterday morning, in fact, Psalm 118, verse 13, you doing all right with this? Psalm 118, verse 13 to 17 says, I was, and this is my heart for everyone in the church and the people I'm seeing out and about, I'm seeing them buffeted by the waves of, of all the dramas out there and it's hard being a mum and father of a teenage where they're being assailed by media and all these foreign influences. I see that, guys. I get it. It's not like when, when my kids were growing up. I get it. Our young people, our children, in fact, we must be so careful what influence that they're coming under. And I do even see young children being assailed. That means, you know, influenced in a negative way. Verse 13 says, I was pushed back and about to fall. But the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and my defense. Who can say that this morning? The Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. Shouts of joy and victory resound in the tents of the righteous. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. The Lord's right hand is lifted high. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. That's why we sing. You know, this is like an anthem. This is an anthem of praise. The Lord has done mighty things this week. I will not die but live and will proclaim what the Lord has done. But the psalm starts off with, in verse 1, Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, which is a very foundational um, revelation that you need to know. If you don't understand the goodness of God, when, when Moses asked to see God, he he said, well, let's do this. Hide in the cleft. You can't actually see me. You'll just disintegrate if you do. But I'll hide you in the cleft of a rock. This is for Moses. And as God was going by, he saw the goodness of God. And this is one of the key revelatory um, understandings that you need to know. That God is good and he's trying his darndest to bless you with his goodness. And that's why we quote that scripture in Romans 8.28. He turns all things around. There's another version that says, He turns the cosmos around for those who love God. He turns it around for good to those who love Him according to His purpose. He can turn things. He's going to turn Maui around. Didn't you love the prayers of, of, of Ross? That was his connotation. This is complete devastation. But God... You can turn this around. It's an incredible mindset to have, but you can have it. So when Jesus asked the disciples, who do you think I am? That question was so important. We need to know who Jesus is. We need to know that God's countenance towards us is good, that he's smiling on, on us. 
that he loves us, that he's not angry with us. He's the lover of our soul, and he desperately wants to get that love message to you in Jesus' name. Can I hear an amen? And guess what? Our hearts long for that assurance that God delights in us, and He does. And if we don't get that, we wither. We wither from God. We start stop going to the Word of God. We stop going to the presence of God. We stop going to church. We stop going to the things of God, and we wither, and we shrink back. You cannot escape the fact that you need the assurance that God loves you, likes you, in fact. Amen? And I will say this, it's His loving posture. Prodigal son's story, the father's just waiting. Smile, he's believing. He's just waiting. When that son turned the corner, started coming down that dirt road, he ran towards him with a big smile of affirmation and welcome back. Your sins are forgiven. Amen. So we need to know God in this new season. Those that engage with God daily are asking, how can I know God more deeply and fully? Who's asking that? Can I have a survey right now? Who wants to know more of God? How can mere humans know God? He created the universe, the galaxies, the earth, and everything in it. King David asked the question when he was looking up into the night sky, seeing the grandeur and the vastness of the, of the insurmountableness of it all, the stars. And then he looked down and saw the countless numbers of the grains of sand on the shore. Psalm 8.3 says it like this, when I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him? Who is this God that is mindful of John and Sharon's son? What is this man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? I love those prayers because we're praying for a visitation of God to him, to that young man. We prayed for a young man this morning. Knowing God means living in a way in which a person can know the presence. This is a PowerPoint. Knowing God means living in a way in which a person can know the presence, wisdom, knowledge, and power of God in their life. Who wants that? Who wants that? You want to know the presence, the wisdom, the knowledge, and the power of God in your life. And you know what? A lot of people don't know that. Out and about, you run into them. They don't even understand that they are wired and designed to know God. Imagine that. That gets me excited, that you are actually designed to know God. You're sure? No, I don't believe God. I didn't have an upbringing in God. Nothing. No, I don't even know a scripture. They did a test in England, in the suburbs of England. There's this radical street preacher. And he said, I'll give you 20 pound if you can quote me a scripture. And he'd walk into shops or people walking down the sidewalk. And you know what? No one hardly could quote a scripture. Then he walked into the baker and this young girl, she didn't even look like a Christian. And she said, I'll give you 20 pound if you can quote a scripture. And she actually quoted John 3.16 and she got the 20 pound. 
These people are designed to know God. Know and walk and talk with Him. And this is what Jesus was declaring possible when He said John, in John 17, verse 3, And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Knowing God becomes a reality in our lives for us to truly understand the definition of what eternal life really means. It's about understanding that statement. How's it possible to understand? And, and if you would ask someone, what is eternal life? They might be able to tell you that, well, it's living in heaven maybe in, at a future date, but it's more than that. And I need to try and explain to you that. What does ex- eternal life mean? You might say knowing God, and that would be correct. But let's look at this scripture. John 17 verse 3 says, And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. So eternal life, in the Greek language, it literally means the everlasting God life. That's what you have in you. It's expressed in the Greek word zoe, zoe, S-Z-O-E. Who's ever seen that word, heard that word? Who's done the program, Zozo Life? It's about the wholeness of life within you. It's a Bible program and it puts back together fractured, fragmented people. Zoe, Zoe, eternal life or the God kind of life, the rich, abundant life, divine nature of God, His fullness of love, joy, Joy, power, and ability are yours when you gave your life to Christ Jesus. And this is the essential, this is the spiritual essence of what we receive when we are born again. John 5.21 says, For as the Father raises the dead and gives life, that abundant nature of God, the fullness of God, the joy of God, the power and the ability... And even so, the Son gives that life, that Zoe life, the God kind of life, the rich, abundant, divine nature of God, His fullness of love, joy, power, and ability life to whom He will. This life that we receive from God when we are born again by the working of the Holy Spirit is the very God life existing in Christ Jesus. Now this is important, this statement. As we walk out our daily Christian walk with Jesus, we walk in the same victory, authority, and power that He walked in during His ministry on the earth. I'll say that again. When you walk deliberately in communion with God, in reverence of God, the fear of God, you can walk in the same victory, authority, and power that he walked in while he was on the earth. And that's, and that's what it means to be an overcomer, living in that victory. 
When Jesus walked upon the earth during his life, he lived sinlessly, righteously, and holy. Did he not? And because he did, that is imputed unto you, and you are placed spiritually in a place where you have a righteousness and a holiness in being well-placed with God. In the same way, because Jesus was victorious over all the forces of the enemy, over every principality, power, ruler of darkness, and spiritual host of wickedness, and you can see that in Ephesians 6.12, and every demonic spirit that tries to assail you, when he rose from the dead, he now is able to give us the authority to walk in that same victory, as it says in 1 Corinthians 15.57. I'm laying a foundation, guys. I'm chipping away at the foundation. 1 Corinthians 15.57 says, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I'll say it again. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. The, the, The prayers that we heard this morning, they were victorious prayers. We have the ability to, to uh, impute those prayers of victory, and we do, sometimes with great gusto, but they can be done quietly too. Victory is the Greek word nikos, nike, nikos. Nike is where they probably got this from the Greek word, Nike, the athletic brand. Uh, brand. Victory is the Greek word nikos. It is the spiritual position in which we now stand in Christ. You've got to know this, guys, in these days that we're faced. When we face spiritual battles, we've got to know that we can stand in that same victory that Christ did when he walked the earth. Amen? And that's why in Matthew 16, verse 19, and I also think that this was quoted this morning, talking about the keys of the kingdom. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Who wants some keys this morning to unlock unlock some dungeons, unlock some stuff that that is bound in your life. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. The actual Greek rendering goes like this. I will give you the authority, the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound. And already having been bound in heaven, whatever you loose on earth will be loosed, having already been loosed in heaven. Don't you love that? That, that? that gives a whole nother perspective of what it means to pray with those keys. And that interpretation shows the reality of the victory that we live in as disciples of Jesus. Remember, our faith in God is based upon the knowledge and the trust of the Lord Jesus Christ and who He is. Faith is what? Living, praying, Simply believe in God based upon personal relationship and commitment to Jesus and trusting in who He is. Amen. And at the very heart, this has to do with the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. The authority is the Greek word, exousia, E-X-O-U-S-I-A. It's a Greek word. And that's what Jesus was. He had great authority And power in the Greek word is dunamis, dunamis power. It's where we get the word dynamite, amen? 
Holy Spirit. So you got authority and you got power. So when that policeman is pulling over that 18-wheeler, stopping that 18-wheeler, screaming down the highway, he has authority from the judicial systems that he is under and he has power, authority and power. When he puts his hand up, that truck comes to a screaming halt. That's the sort of power that we have, folks. Who believes that? That's the power that you have over sickness. The difference between authority and power, PowerPoint, (laughs) I've got to trigger these guys because it comes out on the video. Authority is the position behind the power, making the power possible, authorizing and guiding the power. The power is the force available to make something happen to enforce or impose that authority. Matthew 8, verse 5 to 10 explains it well. You know the story. Now then, when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him, Lord, my servant is lying at home, paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. Jesus prepared to come to his home, to this centurion's home. Verse 8, the centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. Wow. Verse 9, for I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes unto another, come, and he comes unto my servant, do this, and he does it. Verse 10, great revelation here this guy's got. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. There's only... In two incidences that Jesus gets amazed, it's when people have great faith and it's when people have no faith. (laughs) So if you are convinced of Jesus' authority, listen to me, over all things, your understanding, (laughs) I'll say it again, if you are not convinced of Jesus' authority over all things, your understanding of faith will be small. And if you are not convinced of Jesus' power over all things, the demonstration of your faith will be small. Did that help someone? That's why we must first believe that God is the creator and the sustainer of all things. And he just didn't create all this and create you and leave you to your Pat Maloney He said, I'm going to birth you onto this planet and with faith you're going to help me rule and reign. We must believe that God is the ultimate authority over and in the midst of all things. And Jesus has given us the permission to operate, to bless Maui, to bless the child, to bless the person in sickness. We must believe we have the authority and the power to bless the suburbs of the Central Coast, to bless every situation that comes by your desk. You have the power and authority to do that because why? You believe God is the creator of all things. He's the author and the finisher of your faith. He's the word of God. He's the great I am. And he's the ultimate power of over all things. Who believes that? Can I get an amen? 
And when you have a personal relationship with Jesus and you live out of that personal relationship and you trust in the authority and the power of God, first and foremost, it's then when you can pray deliberately and begin to push back the tide of illness and, you know, debilitating events around your life. The more you see yourself in Jesus, the less you will doubt your spiritual abilities and spiritual position. Where faith begins, we must go to the Word of God, go to God. It's what He says. We must become supremely confident of what the, the Bible says and, and speak that and declare that and, and speak that over our situation. Believe it's ultimately God's authoritative Word that can move mountains, change rivers, and and. and raise the dead, you've got to believe that, you've got to understand that this Bible can change the course of human events, amen? And how do you do that? By faith. Hebrews eleven six. we must go to God and say, Lord, without faith it is impossible to please Him, for he who comes to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Faith begins with God. It begins in the Word. It begins with Jesus. He is the Word. And because my time is gone, I want to go to a prayer over you. And we might hand out the communion. Thank you. Father, we desire this knowledge and revelation that we're more than overcomers. We need to understand, Lord God, that we've been given great ability in knowing you, understanding, having experiential faith in you. I'm not talking about belief systems, doctrines, and just theology. No, we don't just gather around that. That's a way to know God and understand who God is. But we gather around, the Bible says gather around Jesus. We gather around him. We're gathering around him now in communion. And I have a prayer for you. Every born again person possesses the inherent capacity to overcome the world, themselves, ourselves, and the enemy. I'll say it again. Father, thank you for the victory. 1 John 5 4. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. The world is every negative influence against you. Julie and I got one of our, got rid of one of our, after many years, got rid of one of our uh, TV channels. I won't tell you which one, into our home. I said, Jules, this stuff that's feeding into our, we, we didn't even watch it anyway, it was just floating there. And uh, I said, Jules, we're, we're, we're canceling that. We're going to send the equipment back. We're done with that. That is not helping us whatsoever. We only mainly watch really just very PG movies and a lot of God, God TV. So one of the things the world is trying to assail us with and inducing fear with is a lot of media stuff. So be careful. That's all I've got to say on that. Every born-again person possesses the inherent capacity to overcome the world, yourself, ourselves, and the enemy. 
For whoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Verse 5, who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. I have a prayer for you just before you take communion. Lord, I wish not to struggle in futility with the world and its negative influences on my life. I wish not to surrender to it or be enslaved to it. I desire to obey God, entrust my life to Jesus and live in the victory He won for me at Calvary. In obeying you, Lord, there is nothing that can stop me from doing God's will and overcoming the world. Lord, I pray that I would deal with those elements of my life. Kay, that was a brilliant testimony. You're able to deal with a, a, a discipline in your life that was causing you some grief. Well done. You did that in the power and the ability of Christ because Christ, the hope of glory, is in you. And you, you, you got victory over that. And this is the prayer I have for those people who are trying to get victory over the, a certain dimension of their life. Maybe a discipline. Maybe something they're doing. They know it's hurting them and, and they need to overcome it. Lord, help me overcome my limitations to be the person God needs me to be in this hour. I have a tremendous inheritance in you, Lord Jesus, and I desire to live in the good of that sacrifice. God, help me to overcome every issue, every problem, every besetting sin, every iniquity, every besetting sin that is trying to bring me down. I put my faith in you, Lord, and I declare 1 Corinthians 15, Verse 57, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Now I want to pray a prayer against the enemy because Christ Jesus has placed you in this spiritual placement of righteousness and holiness and power and victory, you can pray against the enemy in your life. Just like he overcame the enemy, you can over, overcome the enemy in your life. And the prayer goes like this, Lord, I know your word says, he who is in us is greater than he who is in the world. We are in Christ, Colossians 3.3. 3. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. And he has triumphed over all the powers of the enemy. That's good news, guys. Lord, we believe we can resist Satan and his demonic hordes. And they will flee from us. If my life is first submitted to God, though, Lord, help me stand in faith. And overcome evil with good. Romans 12, 21. Let's just put that song on. I've asked them just to, you can bubble up and just, we're just going to play this song because it's talking about 
the victory of Christ, I want to ponder there and just say, Lord, we thank you for your victory on the cross. This young man, I, I used to listen to him, Jeremy Camp, I think, a worship leader, 20 years ago. And uh, he had a beautiful young wife. And unfortunately, I think, I hope I got this right, she, she passed away at a very young age. Devastating. And so he didn't hear from him for ages. Um, and then he popped back up with uh, another worship album and started to do public engagements. But, you know, he was probably in his 20s. He lost his young wife. And so this guy's song came up, and it's about being an overcomer. And I thought, wow, these lyrics, if you were to read them all or listen to them all, let's just turn that up just a little bit as we ponder with the, the elements in our hand, the cross, the blood, the body, the blood. And this song is about being an overcomer. Lord, I desire to overcome the elements of this world, the world itself, and all its elements of things that are taunting me and like that giant with David those elements that seem to be keep washing up on the shore of my heart sins trans, you know temptations father i believe that i'm more than an overcomer because i have you inside me my spirit is resilient my spirit has the great ability to overcome all things in life Sickness, death, diseases, poverty, all these things that assail me in my lifetime. You've given me a great understanding, Lord, that everything you won on the cross of Calvary, the victory that you won for me, I have now on side of me. Because it is no longer I that liveth, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I live, I live by faith in the Son of God. Lord, I let that victorious nature out through me. I want to be like those athletes, like the Matildas, man. I want to be busting at the bit, scoring tries for Jesus. I want to win souls. I want to even go to the nations. I want to engage in your purposes and plans for my lifetime. Lord, I want to score goals for you in my lifetime. But to do that, I need to be victorious. I need to pray with great gusto. I need to pray with great authority. I need to pull up the, those assaults of the enemy, those aiding wheel, aiding wheel assaults from the enemy when they come hurtling down at me. I need to put up my hand and say, stop in the name of Jesus. When those things come against my family and my loved ones, I need to put up my hand with the authority that God's given me and the power that God's given me. Christ, you said I can do that. You've given me the keys to do that. Let's all stand right now if you can, please. I stand to attention in the great victory that you have given me, Lord. I stand as an athlete. I stand as a soldier. I stand as a farmer. The Bible says in Timothy that you are a soldier. You are a farmer. You're born to invest. You're born to sow. You're born to get up early in the morning and sow. You're an athlete. You're, you're designed to, to, to bring great discipline to your body so that your body serves you well. And you're a soldier. You're born to wield the sword of the Lord and hold that other 
that shield of faith up with the other hand and gird your loins with truth. And you know what that girding your loins with truth was? That's where he had all his tools. The soldier had all his tools. And then if he had to run, he would gird up his loins. He'd gird up, gird up his, this is a Roman centurion, by the way. He would have to gird up his loins and put him in that, that, that belt of truth. Father, I gird myself with the belt of truth. I put the helmet of salvation on. Shield of faith, sword of the Lord. Breastplate of righteousness. You are placed before God. You can go to God anytime because you've been forgiven. You can come confidently to the throne of grace anytime, no matter what. You have the helmet of salvation. Place it on now, preserving your mind from the pollutions of the world. Now put the shoes of the gospel on. All these, all these garments are represented by who Christ is, by the way. Put the shoes of the gospel of peace on so that you can walk out your days in gospel power. Jesus, I thank you for the victory that you've given me. I take this communion in honor of you. We take the bread represented by your body that was broken for us. Amen. I take the juice, the blood that was sacrificed for the remission of sins, for righteousness to be imputed into me. I stand before God in fear of God, in reverence of God, in awe and wonder of my God through this communion. And I take the juice. to say this to you personally lastly as a father has compassion on his children and I believe God has compassion on you what you're going through no matter what you're going through God has compassion on you so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him I believe through this message that God is giving you a revelation of the fear of God Things that you used to touch, see, and do, you're not going to be able to do it because the fear of God's going to kick in. Father in heaven, Spirit of God, let's just meditate on that for a moment. Thank you, Father. Just eyes closed and would be amiss of me if I didn't say if anyone if anyone is in the house not sure of their salvation with eyes closed in the house I've got a few moments left only but I do want to pray for anyone I have a short prayer of salvation for anyone who needs to leave this church with a great revelation that they are saved bound for eternity that abundant life that God wants to give you beckoning it's there the overcoming victorious joyous wonderful powerful life is beckoning you but it is through Christ Jesus and through acknowledging him confessing with you with your mouth believing in your heart 
that Jesus walked the earth, died on the cross for your sin, rose on the third day. If that's you, your heart's beating, the warmth of his love is on you, I'd love to say a prayer for you from the front to the back, from this side to this side. I have a prayer for you, but I, I just need to see your hand quickly from the front to the back. That's great. Yes. Oh, my Lord. I've never seen hands go up so quick. Three hands. Okay. Any more? Any more? Any more? That's great faith right there. God loves faith, by the way. He, he loves faith. That's how we please God, by faith. Anyone, it's a new commitment, maybe. It's a fresh commitment. You, you've been sort of out. Yeah, praise God. There's another any, any, from the front to the back. This side to this side. Any other? Please put your hand up. Amen. Yes, that's awesome. Awesome. Please, I don't want to embarrass you, but could you come down with your loved ones? Just come down to the front. Yeah, that's the best way to do it. Let's get God out of the box. Let's get God out of the wardrobe, out of the closet. You can't be a secret Christian. That's awesome, man. Just come down the front here. And give him a hand clap, everyone. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Awesome, man. Wow. You remind me of one of the Matildas. Were you playing there last night? Just turn around, man. You look like one of those girls that was playing last night. And you just, this man, God bless you. Awesome. I've got a prayer, just simply becoming a Christian. Your spirit's going to come alive in God. You've been ready for this? You've been waiting for it? It looks like it. <laughs> You're going to get... Been calling you back. Did you used to know the Lord? Uh, used to go to church, maybe, and you've been out of church. Well, praise God. Let your life this morning represent the many, many others that will come back to the Lord. Also, can you stand in proxy for them? Can you stand in the gap for them when I'm you give your? Already. <laughs> Have you? <laughs> I'm already, and I'm bringing with me. Wow. Yeah. What about you? Are you? Yeah. But yeah, we come from the flesh, so we need. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You need this prayer, right? You do. Awesome. You're just opening up for the first time. You've been to church a couple of times. You want to open more so. So the Bible says He stands at the door and knocks. And guess where the handle is? It's not on the outside. It's on the inside. So you've got to open the door up. You've done that. Wonderful. Love your jacket too. It's awesome. I still reckon you were playing last night in the tour. Yeah. I'm going to pray for you. It's a, it's a prayer of sincerity. It's a, a prayer of faith. Let's pray all that together with us. Uh, and anyone else who needs to be here, please come. And listen, what I said today, victory is going to come into your heart. Power and authority. Joy peace and righteousness is going to come. Let's say this prayer together. Re recite after me. Let's do this. Just you and God, you and God. Just come on, come on. Let's do this. Father God, I believe in your son, Jesus. I believe he walked the earth, performed miracles, died on the cross for my sin, rose on the third day, lives at the right hand of the Father, and is praying for me, interceding for me, looking to me. <laughs> Jesus, forgive me of all my sin. 
Wash me clean. Set me free. Come to live in my heart. I turn my back on darkness. And I look to the way, to the truth, and to the life of Jesus Christ. I'm born again, set free, bound for heaven. But in the meantime, bless me. Bless me. Bless you guys, Father. Just keep clapping, everyone, Father. I pray the blessings, the blessings of God upon you to bless you, to retrieve your life, to recover your life. God is going to give you great authority, great ability, and His power is in you now. That hope and glory is within you to overcome all things. Every drug has no chance. David ran at things like the, the, the spirit of drug addiction. He ran at that. He said, you come against me with your addiction. I come against you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You're coming down. You come, in, you come against me with alcoholism. You're coming down. Every addiction breaks. Every negative word comes off you. Every, every curse, every soul time, every generational curse, just say this, comes off my life right now. Amen. Give me a hand clap, everyone. Amen. Awesome. Stay there for a minute. We're going to pray for you. Yeah, can we just sing just a, a little? We need to just sing for a while. Just stay there. We're going to sing, but you, yes. I want you to feel the love of God. Oh, I feel it every day. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> Be filled, blessed, anointed. Jesus. Lord, thank you. Your sister has come home.